I didn't factor in the human factor. So all the tenants were really bad. They were cooking meth and they were stealing power. Nobody wanted to leave. Nobody was paying rent. So that was the best lesson I've had. It cost me a lot of money. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluff. What's this today? Vince Rodriguez. How you doing, Vince? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's my pleasure. A little bit about Vince. He currently has 24 doors across three cities. It comprises of duplexes and triplexes. He's based in Orange County, California. He's a mechanical engineer, and he started investing in 2018. With that being said, Vince, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. I'm originally from South India. I came to the U.S. as an immigrant in 2008, and I did my master's in mechanical engineering. I just took the normal route to success, as we were taught, and I just discovered real estate a few years back after I read the one and only book everybody reads, right? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You mm-hmm. are a mechanical engineer. What did you do after reading that book that were the first couple steps? Okay, so one of my best friends, Vivek, we grew up together in India. And he told me to read this book for two years at that point. And I didn't read it. Right. And he had a couple of uh, properties in Philly. And one day I was just driving to work and I just put on the audiobook and I listened to it and I was depressed for like two months straight. I was just like, I wasted my whole life. This is is literally garbage. I am the biggest loser in the world. And after that, I decided, you know what, I'm going to read every book that's out there literally And one of the books I read was your syndication book. I've read it twice, actually, because it's so complicated. I had to read it twice because I was forgetting stuff. That was January 2018. And then in July, I bought my first triplex with my buddy, which is Andre Andrew. We bought a triplex in Bakersfield. That was our first entry into real estate. So tell us about the numbers with that deal. Okay, so that deal they had in the market was an MLS deal and it listed for 296. The appraisal came in at 237. So I was able to negotiate it for about 256K. And I did all the math. I'm an engineer, so I'm good with numbers. So I thought I was such a genius. Like, oh, I've got everything covered. This is going to be the best deal ever. It was literally the worst deal in the world. It was so bad. I was like, I'm going to lose everything because. I didn't factor in the human factor. So all the tenants were really bad. They were cooking meth and they were stealing power. Nobody wanted to leave. Nobody was paying rent. So that was the best lesson I've had. It cost me a lot of money, but we turned that property around. And How? Now it's, <laughs> okay, Joe, I had to tell you, that property was so bad. Two property managers quit. They called and said, hey, we can't do this. This is the worst ever. You're in Orange County. How far away is this property? This is in Kern County. This is Bakersfield. So it's north of LA. It's not too far, but two hours. Uh, All right. You know, so a north. couple hours away from you. Yeah. A couple of hours away from me. And OC, as you know, it's not a cash flowing area. The cap rates are so low. You're talking about three, three and a half cap. So if you're getting mortgages at four, you're underwater already. It's really bad. So I had to buy stuff there just to get into the game. So 
how we turned it around was we went to one of the best property managers. They call it real property management. They're the biggest franchise in the U.S. So they manage our property. So I worked with them and they came together and we had some ways to move people out. We put a cop in the middle unit. Once we put the cop in the middle unit, the other people just disappeared. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was good. What discount, if any, did you give the police officer? No discount, just they were a tenant. And why would they live there (laughs) compared to a lot of other places to live that are safer? Well, the interesting thing was it was near a medical center, so it's definitely a D neighborhood, so I did not factor that. But once you took out the bad apples, I put a really nice fence around it and stuff. That property cash flows pretty well. It brings in about twenty-seven seventy-five a month. And I have mortgage and refinancing. It's three three five seven five three point three seven five, and it's a pretty good property. Everybody pays on time since the first six months after. It's been good. I think you talk about this in a book too. Having a team, you talk about thought leadership, but it's also what kind of tenants you put in. I think Jake and Gina talks about that too. So a police officer, a fence, mm-hmm. and the right <laughs> property manager. Those were the three keys to turning the property around? Yeah, I have to give almost all credit to my management guys in Bakersfield. We were thinking of moving away because at that point, Andrew, my partner, he teaches music in Orange County, and he decided to open a brick-and-mortar store, which instead of going to homes and teaching like that. So we decided that's the best for him. So he took on that. So I had to deal with all this stuff for like six months, which was a lot of work because I have a W2 job too. Mm -hmm. But as people mention all the time in real estate, it's very forgiving if you stick with it. So if you stick with it for a long enough time, it's almost no chance of you losing if you just stick with it. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. 
Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Well, let's talk about you building to 24 units and having a full-time job. For best ever listeners who are listening and have a full-time job and do not have 24 units yet and don't plan on leaving their full-time job but want to have 24 units, what are some tips that you give them to acquire them while still having a full-time job? That's how I actually reached out to you guys because obviously your podcast with Bigger Pockets is one of the top and you guys have the big dots. You got Brandon Turner and Grant Cardona, you know, those kind of guys. And I reached out and said, hey, you don't have really normal people. I'm a normal dude with a W-2 job working in Orange County. But I went from five units to 24 units during the pandemic. So this is just in the last 12 months. So if I could do it, Obviously, I have partners and stuff. I raise money and stuff because by reading your books and such, trying to show people what I could do with their money, then it becomes exciting. One of the most interesting things that I've learned is we usually think very small as human beings. I think we think our friends and our peer circle is what we have to work with to actually raise the money. So we never really understand that's a huge network of people with lots and lots of money. That's what was most fascinating to me that money is abundant. And I would not have known this if I did not read a book such as yourself, Michael Blanc and you, you talk about these things. So I started going out and meeting people and such. I actually met this guy in a RIA meetup and this guy was so high up. I didn't even want to talk to him because he had a lot of properties, but he kind of figured out that I knew a couple of things. And I just bought a property with him in Atlanta and he wired $190,000 cash to close the property. And I put $0 in it and we own the property 50-50. It just shows that you can build your own circle. If you have some kind of value that you bring to the table, you don't have to ask your friends from work for $5,000 to buy a condo. You could literally borrow $200,000 cash if you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How'd you meet that person? It was a real estate meetup in Newport Beach. I think it was a bigger pocket event or something like that. Okay. And yeah. do you remember if you went up to him or he went up to you or were you speaking at the event? Can you just add a little bit of color? Yeah. I know I keep mentioning it. This is something I read from your book, Talk Leadership. You talk about this a lot and I didn't quite understand it in the beginning. So I'm super nerdy. I like to read a lot. There's a bookcase behind me with all the books I read. I read 50 books a year. So that was like a round table and people were introducing and then people started asking questions. But some of the questions were relevant at all. So they'll ask <laughs> questions. I just got annoyed. They'll ask questions like, hey, so I'm trying to get into real estate. So how many LLCs do I need? So I'll answer and be like, hey, man, you make 30000 at Walmart and your net worth is negative $2,000. You have no reason to buy an LOC for the next few years. <laughs> Why are you asking this question wasting time? So my buddy, Alan, he recognized that I knew some stuff. I'm like, why are these guys asking all these questions? This doesn't make any sense. But I didn't even talk to him because he was too high. But he reached out to me in bigger pockets and said, hey, do you want to go get coffee? You were on the round table being interviewed or you were in the audience? It was just a round table and people were asking questions and anybody can answer. Oh, okay. Understand. Got it. Thank yeah. you. So I was just answering questions based off of investor mindset. But at that point, I only had five units, but I'm young and I was trying to learn the game and try to get involved. 
So this is an older guy and he's got properties and he just saw, I think like, oh, this guy is kind of hustling. And he came up with me to Bakersfield a couple of times and he said he doesn't want to put money in California. You know, California being a blue state and all, and it's very tenant friendly. California is like you own a car and then somebody moved in overnight into their car and you go to your car and they I have rights. This is my car. That's California with the properties. It's not very friendly for investors. Mm -hmm. So this guy, he did, did not want to invest in California. So I said, okay, my sister lives in Georgia. So I said, okay, you know what? I'll look around Atlanta and let's get into that. So I went to Atlanta to see my sister and I developed a team along with my buddy, Andrew, who owned the company, uh, real estate. So I did all that work and he recognized it. I bought him a deal and he was like, yeah, let's do it. But it took a year of, of talking and building that relationship. That's the thing you, you talk about in the books is you want to hook them and you show value. But I did it more organically by just hanging out, having drinks and stuff like that. I didn't realize the conversation would turn to you partnering with others, which I'm glad that it did so that we can learn more about how you're structuring deals and growing. But before we get into some specifics on that, mm -hmm. when I originally asked you the question, I asked, what are some tips you'd give someone who has a full-time job who wants to scale? And then you talked about what you've been doing. So one thing I got from that is by partnering with others, and also you mentioned not being limited by our initial thoughts of what's possible. What about some time management skills? How do you manage your time having a full-time job, but then also having investing partners in deals and overseeing management of the deals and finding deals, et cetera? Good question. Sorry, I went on a tangent about partners. Oh, good. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> you being a syndication show and all, it might be useful. <laughs> so, it is. We'll get yes. back to that. Yes. So time management wise, for example, I work for a medical device company in Orange County. They are really great company to work for some of my team, smart people. And I try to be wary of that. And I try not to do a lot of things between nine to five. I do do, I am taking 30 minutes out of my day to actually do this during my work hours and my lunch break and stuff. But I enjoy spending time in real estate. So I don't see this as work. So for me, time management becomes, this is not a chore for me. Hunting for deals, getting off market deals, building relationships with people, educating people about real estate is not a chore for me. I'm very passionate about it. I want to help people achieve financial freedom. I want to help people buy a condo, buy a duplex. I don't even care if you give me money. I'm just buy a house for yourself. I don't care. Just do something with it. So I don't see it so much as time management. I see it more like I am passionate about it. So it becomes much easier for me. And after hours is where I spend most of my time for real estate. So now let's talk about structures and how you structure it with your partners. Do you structure it now the same way that you structured the first deal that you worked with partners on? Yes. So it's the same structure? Of, yeah. I'm very familiar with all these structuring and stuff because I spent so much time in this. So easy way to say is they're all JVs, right? But I just do tenants in common agreements, which means we take title as whoever's in the deal. So I have my sister in some of the deals. Some of them are just Andrew and myself. It's a 50-50 split most of the time. So somebody brings in the money and I do all the work and do all the management and asset management and repairs and everything. And usually I like to do like a, just a return on their money 
like a 6% preferred returns. That's it. And if the property does better pre-COVID, I was paying my sister and people up to 8%, but then I dropped it to 6%. I like to keep the math simple like that based on the amount they invested because if I have 10 properties doing the work on 10 properties to calculate the profit distribution, it's mm-hmm. a hassle for me because I don't have thousands of units. I don't have any people. So I'm running the numbers. So 6% is like, oh, you give me a thousand bucks. Oh, here's 60 bucks for the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's 6% and then profits are split 50-50 thereafter? No, I just give them 6%. And if the profits go up, I adjust that percent. But remember, these are not debt partners. They're all equity partners. So they get right. a 1099 based on how the asset's doing and they get to write off half of the expenses and management and depreciation. Got it. So you're splitting the profits 50-50. So how does the PREF factor into that? How I do it is, let's say the property is a $100,000 property. You gave me 20000 to buy the property, right? Mm-hmm. I will just give you 6% on the 20000 you put in, regardless of how the property is doing. Now, if the property does really, really well, I look at it for a few months and I'll adjust your 6% to 7% or 8%. But I just do that just so that my paperwork is less. Yeah. Okay. So when the property sells and every penny has been distributed and you've moved on Mm -hmm. and the property no longer is in a portfolio, will each of you have earned 50%? Regardless of how much money I paid you for, let's say we held the property for 10 years and I sell the property. And at that point, based on appreciation mortgage pay down, let's say we have 100,000, I will split it 50-50, regardless of how much money you made in the 10 years. Okay. All right. So it's 6% PREF. We won't even say PREF, I think. 6% return Mm -hmm. loosely over the period that you're holding the property. And then when you sell, you split the profits 50-50. While they collect the tax benefits too. And if I can adjust the returns, I will. But my properties are just two to three units. It's a hassle. I'm trying to get into the bigger game. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid. Find the perfect tenant with the built-in screening and listing service and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, RentReady is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks at RentReady.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at rentready.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Did you know that credit checks miss 85% of the information landlords and property managers need to verify new tenants? 
That's a problem. The solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a platform that allows you to instantly access prospective tenants' financial information and compiles it all into a quick and easy to read report to help you select the highest quality tenants. You can access income, payroll, past rent payments, non-sufficient funds, and overdraft history all in one place. Rentify's reports instantly verify the full financial picture of the tenant, so there's no chance of being duped with false information. No one likes to be duped. And the best part is that you can have it all at your fingertips in as little as five minutes. Go check out Rentify at TrustRentify.com and stop wasting time and start fast-tracking the tenant screening process with confidence and ease. With Rentify, you'll no longer have to waste hours or even days collecting all the information you need to verify a tenant, which makes life easier for you and your applicants. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first purchase. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y dot com and put in the promo code FAIRLESS. That's my last name, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first purchase. How many investors do you have? So I got my sister. I got Andrew's mom. I got a couple of my mortgage brokers. So that's three. I got my buddy Steve from work. I got Alan. I guess I have like five, I think. Mm -hmm. But I've raised over half a million dollars in cash. Wow. Yeah. Perhaps my thinking is off, but $500,000 to me is a lot of money. But it doesn't seem like a lot when in the context of buying 24 units. So how did you acquire 24 units with, again, half a million is a lot, but with only $500,000? Well, my 24 units are only worth two and a half mil, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So what is that, like 20% or something? Are they all in California? Most of them are in California. Most of them are in Bakersfield. I just got into a Fontana, which is a little bit east of LA. So I'm trying to get out of Bakersfield and I bought a little duplex there, but I have actually 26. I have a duplex with my sister too. I have two duplexes in Georgia, Atlanta area. I learned all these things from literally listening to your podcast every day, like a maniac for like a year. So I will look at Atlanta area and I'll be like, hmm, what's Theo saying today? And then I'll be like, go outside Atlanta, let's do it. So I have like a duplex in Stone Mountain, which is outside of Atlanta. So I'm looking at Norcross now. My sister lives in Alpharetta, which is north of Atlanta. Sure. And why are you wanting to get out of Bakersfield? Like I said, the blue states, I'm not super into that. And I don't like too much tenant friendly loss. Like if I own something, I want to have control over it. Right. Uh, I would still continue to buy in Bakersfield because I have a team there and I buy off-market deals and stuff. I don't even buy from the MLS. It's mostly my wholesale guys just gives me the deal. And if I can bring it in cash, refinance out, stuff like that. So it's worthwhile for me to hang out here a little bit. But I think if I want to go five plus units like you guys teach, I think I will be exclusively looking at Atlanta area just because of how the economy is playing out for Georgia. Has there been an instance, like a specific example, having property in Bakersfield, where if you had it in, say, Georgia, that you saw it was not favorable for you and it cost you money? For example, just the eviction process, if I have to go through it, it's much more hassle. In California, it's very tenant-friendly in terms of- In what way? For Texas, you could serve a notice three days and they have to get out in a week or something. 
I know for me, the process itself, it takes much longer. How long? I think you put three to five day notice for them to respond. If not, and then it goes to the next date. But there's tricks they could do. They could wait till Friday, 4.59, and they go and do something. They can extend it. So they can extend it for months at a time if they want. We call them professional tenants. If they know how to play the game, they can really stretch it out for months and months. And you could be stuck with paying the mortgage while they don't pay any rents for six months even. Taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Think bigger. Don't try to do everything by yourself. And your network is not just the people you see every day. You can go beyond that. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I've recently read. Ken McElroy, he wrote a new book about ABCs of real estate investing. I like that. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? By helping others to achieve our financial freedom, one of my goals is to make my sister financially free in maybe five years or so. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Hit us up on Instagram. It's just A-N-B-I invest, on the invest or on the invest.com. You can just message us. We like to help people buy their duplex, triplex, whatever they want to do. Vince, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you've accumulated now 26 units and the partnerships that you've cultivated in order to do that, the specific structure that you're using and how you're going about reaching other investors and how you're, boy, you're a student of real estate. (laughs) 50 books a year and listening to many podcasts every day, it's certainly no surprise that you've gotten to where you're at in a relatively short period of time. So thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for talking to me.